the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join the conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And we are back again this evening, Abigail and I, and looking forward to continuing our conversation from last week with Mr. Ken Pope. I'll let you take it from there. Yes, we have back in studio Mr. Ken Pope, who is the CEO of the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. The Memorial Foundation was established to educate America's rising generations about communism. Mr. Pope is the CEO of the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. He has a very long career in the U.S. Army, as well as in academia. He specializes in intelligence operations, logistics, serving with a variety of assignments in Russia, Ukraine, and a variety of places in Eastern Europe. He also served as an assistant professor at the Center for Intelligence and Security Studies at the University of Mississippi. He also speaks fluent Russian. I know. I love Which that. Which is just a fun thing. Yeah, Who do you, that else is a do you fun know fact. that does that? <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, Ken. Nice to see you, or nice to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back again. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're going to switch gears here from talking, you know, a lot about the museum itself more to your curriculum. But before we do that, there might be some people today in light of what we discussed last week, where people are a little bit naive still about what is communism and and how prevalent it really is. Um, What would you say to people who might ask, is there really a need to learn about communism and why should they care? Yeah, I I think there definitely is a need to learn about communism. And I I think the the sad thing is we really don't talk about it in, in school anymore. In a lot of cases, I think you're, your uh, facilities and your and your program, you definitely do because yeah. you're. I think you're running a good education system. But most of the places that you that you go and you and you talk to people about it, they really don't talk, touch on communism. They don't touch on the Cold War. They don't touch on a lot of things that just when I went into the world of academia, it just completely blew me away. Mm-hmm. So they, I think there's a need to know about that because a lot of people are advocating for it now, right? That people think that socialism is, mm-hmm. a, is probably a good idea, give it a shot. Even some people think communism would be good. 
better bring it here. And they really don't understand the history of it. And the history of it is, is, is horrific. It's brought really nothing but death, misery, repression, and poverty ever, everywhere it's been attempted. Mm-hmm. And today, again, we, we just don't talk about that anymore. Or if we do, we kind of, if you, especially in some of the halls of academia, especially in the universities, mm-hmm. it's romanticized. And they only mm-hmm. talk about the free stuff, how everybody's supposed to be equal, education's free, medical's free, et cetera. But the reality is, yeah, you may get some free stuff, but you get it only if you're of the right political class or you're not gone sideways with the guys who are in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, the healthcare is poor. Education probably back, especially in the Soviet Union and China, is not that bad. They really focus on the scientists or the science. But a lot of it's indoctrination as well. So yeah. it's telling people what to think. Free med is just appallingly bad. I, you know, I've seen, I've been inside of Russian hospitals even after the collapse of the Soviet Union, horrifically bad. Mm. I would not wish that on anybody. And mm. there's only real two classes in society, communist societies, those in power and those who aren't. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that small group at the top, they have fabulous wealth. Um, they live like kings. Um, the rest of the people, the 99%, are all equal, equally mm-hmm. poor, you know, standing in line for hours for the very basics and during blackouts. True in communist Russia, true in Venezuela today, where people mm-hmm. think, you know, again, socialism. What, look what all it can do to. It used to be one of the probably the fourth large or fourth richest uh, economies in in this hemisphere, and now it's you know people are, are hungry, yeah, and all they they've taken this this insane path it's on now. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing beginnings of experimentation with socialism and then of course what would lead to communism here in the united states Mm -hmm. i know even here in um st paul uh minnesota we are the city council has approved they are beginning to experiment with universal basic income Mm -hmm. so no matter what you do no matter you know of course you have there are certain qualifications again only certain people receive the ubi payments but and of course these are all things that you know I feel like it's just this epic. You watch California and you think how many years until that that leaches out to the rest of the country. And we've seen that. And that is the beginning. of. Mm-hmm. So when people say, well, that could never happen here, I think, but it already is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're getting people used to just getting a check from the government. It is it doesn't matter whether you're working or not. It you're but you're getting used to that. So then you don't have that desire to get up, go to work, stretch yourself and achieve and take us, you know, have self-satisfaction in what you have earned yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think one of the, the key points that you make is that with the system of communism, it ends up with just the one or two percent at the top yes. that are living like kings, as you pointed out, and then 99 percent of people who are equally poor and I, I always find that is an interesting juxtaposition because the people who promote socialism and communism are even doing, are doing that. I, I was going to say, even in circles that we all run in, I mean, we know people who make these promotions, um, are doing it thinking that it's going to be more equal for people. And yet, and they complain about capitalism leading to, the one or two percent and the rest of the people not being able to have access to wealth, which is the complete opposite of mm-hmm. what really happens with both capitalism and communism. Absolutely. This is this is always summed up so beautifully. It's it's a meme. You know, you, everyone's seen it on Twitter where you see um, Prince Harry leaving his private jet 
um, to lecture everyone about climate change and how Mm -hmm. they should all limit their movements and how much they're using fossil fuels. But again, he drove, you know, he flew in on a private Mm -hmm. jet so that he could chastise everyone else. Came along with John Kerry and many others. They're not going to change their lifestyle, but the rest of the the lower class will be required Mm -hmm. to change theirs. Mm Right. I think there's a there's a great parallel to that. If, again, if you look at the history of this thing. So when when the communists you know, took over in Russia and also in, in China, we'll, we'll talk about each one of those individually purchases very briefly. They all wanted to try this new thing called collectivization. So mm-hmm. think about what that entailed for them. And then think about is why I'm talking about that. Think about a modern day comparison that we may be thinking or seeing here in the country that you just hit on. So we we have. These, these all these brilliant people coming into power in, in Moscow and then in Beijing later, and they decide that we're going to tell these farmers how to farm, um, even though they've been doing just fine feeding their family, their cities, their villages, their, their entire country for millennia. You know, we know better, and we're going to tell them how to do it right. And in, in each case, in Russia or the Soviet Union, as it became, the death, the death toll was 20 million people ended up starving to death in the various famines they had because of it, both Lenin and Stalin. And then uh, Mao in, in China was the they were the winner. They they killed 45 million people through starvation mm. just because they decided that that small group in power in, in the capital knew better on how to run the country than anybody else. And you see some of the uh, kind of a sign of that. Oh, now. it's well, happening in the what? Netherlands right now where mm-hmm. they're confiscating farms, telling farmers in the Netherlands, you will give up your farm to meet our climate change goals. Exactly. This is happening. We're, we're you know, I. I was recently in North Carolina um, on a for, for the holidays and staying in a hotel in between my, my wife's family and my, my family. And a very interesting thing, this, this hotel I'm staying in is right across the interstate from this massive solar farm. And this horribly cold winter, nothing like you guys have up in Minnesota right now. <laughs> Still for there, it's very cold. And... I got all of a sudden this hotel when I checked in was empty. And then later on that evening, it's, it's packed. And I'm, I'm not talking to people and they're telling me, yeah, we had to come in because we, we have blackouts now. Oh, you know, no. we don't, the, the grid can't keep up because somebody decided yep. that they know better than what they, what's worked over. I've never been, I've been in that region for, you know, my growing up, my keep going back my entire life, never seen anything like that before until that thing popped up across the interstate. Mm. And that's happening across the country. We are, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've got this group in, in D.C. that you've talked about, you know, in other places that decide without any proof or really experience that we know better. Let's do it this way. And the result is we got rolling blackouts. We've got, you know, all these other things. So it, it's mm-hmm. the same type of system, same type of mentality is like you described. The people at the top, they're not going to suffer. They have the resources and they're not going to get it They have a up. backup genera- yeah. generator or a That's massive right. propane tank, but mm-hmm. the rest of everyone else, um, mm-hmm. they will have to figure out how to cook dinner for their children without their electric mm-hmm. stove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, again, it's, and that's why, you know, as you talk about that and you look at history, you can see these parallels. And again, you know, we, we in America, we're very arrogant about this. We think that we can always do it better and nothing bad can ever happen here. Mm-hmm. And I'd be willing to bet if you talk to anybody on the street of Moscow in, in 1917 or, or in St. Petersburg in 1917, they would have said the same thing. Nothing bad can happen here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, well, China. 
all these other places it's been tried. Right. Well, and that is where history is important, though. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, Americans do have that arrogance and think it would never happen here. But I think part of the reason why they think it won't happen there is here is because they're not being educated about how it comes, how it came about in those countries. And, right. you know, I, I think about here in Minnesota, we just have a brand new set of social studies standards that are likely to be implemented in 2025 and they basically just completely ignore the horrors of communism and the only the only criticism is reserved for capitalists christians um whites you know being called oppressors it's it's very much of a progressive agenda in the social studies uh, standards that are not only now being proposed, but they are also just at this point just sitting before a law judge that will have to decide if they're going to be implemented based on process, not content. And uh, the same thing happened with our teacher licensure standards here yep. in Minnesota, where um, they rewrote the teacher licensing standards and they are basically woke progressive standards now. And so how in the world do our children ever come to understand, and, and this has been going on, by the way, for at least the last 15, 20 years. I know even when my own children were in school, we were having trouble finding a school that would actually teach what is capitalism, what is communism, what is socialism, and what are the differences, which was just basic education when I was going through the schools. And right. um, that dates me a little bit. But but the point I'm making is that I do think some of the naivete of oh this could never happen in America is coming because they were not there our our population hasn't been exposed to the horrors um and and schools no longer teach it so that's the yeah. first thing separate people from their history and then we can kind of basically dictate what what they need to know um just like you said is happening in China it's indoctrination right yeah, I think it's I think what we you know, we really and I, I would just, you know, to encourage you that, you know, it, cre- creating parents. I think one of the, the only probably good thing that came out of the whole covid mess was mm-hmm. the parents got to see what was going on in their school. Yes. But they, yes. And to some degree, there's been an awakening yes. and parents fighting back. So it's great if, you know, the conservative side wants to win national elections. I say what's more important is to win these local school boards. And get the education system changed because you, I think your your lead in you talk about you know educating the next generation of leaders or something along yeah, those lines. That, yeah. that's true. So we we really we really need to you know get into those school boards and and take take those back mm-hmm. and get to talk about these stuff is, is is the reality it really is and what mm-hmm. communism what the system really does for you and what it does to you. Yeah. And that's what people they always think about what it's going to do for you, but really. Throughout its history, it's always done things to people, and all of it has been horrifically bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from just a complete disenfranchising of anybody who is gets sideways with the system or with the government to just mass murder. Yeah, and again, you know that that can happen here. People think it can't, but it it can. Trust mm-hmm. me. Well, and I you look know? at. I mean, if how can people not be awake after watching the past three years with COVID? Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure we all have a variety of different opinions on COVID, how it was handled. But one thing that I think most people who are who are honestly looking at what happened, you can see there absolutely was suppression, number one, suppression of information. Mm-hmm. Two, there was absolutely canceling of people who had 
very different, different viewpoints, viewpoints or different Even information. Even scientists. And Even I think scientists. that's where we're seeing that mm-hmm. with, you know, thankfully Elon Musk is allowing that information to come out via the Twitter files mm-hmm. that there absolutely was a huge amount of very intentional suppression of speech. And not only that, but they took a very collectivist approach to handling it. It was as though they were taking a page book from China as to how they should handle mm-hmm. COVID in America in a completely different society. Um, and that collectivism, I was stunned at how quickly that took root here and how many Americans fell in line with it yes. and really supported it. Mm-hmm. Um, I Fa- thought, Fauci I says so. so yes. it, we must need, and, and yeah. again, this is not to criticize. There's many people whose opinions you know, changed over time as more information was released. But if you just look at, but should any one person, I mean, when, Fauci said, I am the science. Mm. You think, I'm not sure how much more authoritarian you can get yeah. than somehow you, you as one person are science. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we are seeing those signs that are, I think, you know, a byproduct of one, the education system, probably two, the fact that, you know, those in my generation, um, who ha- we've never had any large crisis here mm-hmm. in the, you know, 9-11 is probably mm-hmm. the largest crisis that has occurred in my lifetime, those of us with, you know, young kids. Yeah. Um, and even that, though, was a fairly, uh, it was fairly distant. You know, if you mm-hmm. didn't live in New York City, mm-hmm. um, your only experience was watching things on the television. And so I do hope and pray that COVID woke people up to be more receptive to information like your organization is putting out saying, you know, this, do you see these warning signs? These really, these things really can creep in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, has have taken root before you will realize it's here, right? Right, and that. And I, I, go ahead, go ahead, Ken. I was just thinking. I, you know, I think that that has. I mean, it's it's really you 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 become people become in this country or like anywhere else. I mean, the kind of pattern is people become numb to what's taking place. Mm-hmm. And if you there's, there's so many examples throughout history, one of the one of the great ones is that um, Vaclav Havel. Um, the tale of the green grocer if you've not read that it's great because it talks about mm-hmm. this whole system of what communism is really all about and how you know one simple act like this green grocer the story is he he has to put up this propaganda poster like communists of the world unite or something like that and and nobody believes this nobody believes the slogan anymore they've seen it it's failed but yet the guy still puts it up in the, his state-run store that he happens to manage but why does he do that so is it the purpose of the, the signs meaningless. Nobody believes it. No, the people who make him put it up, the, sh- the shop runner himself, or the people who come in, nobody even pays attention to it anymore. But what you know, what Hobble talked about was it's a system of compliance where okay, he's doing that now. What would now would he do that if the sign said, "I'm afraid and compliant," which is really what he's doing. He is afraid. Mm-hmm. He's being, but he doesn't say that. So. But the next, the next ask or the next demand from the government becomes so much easier, right? I've already done this one, so why not? I'll just do the next one, and then I'll do the next one. And before you know mm-hmm. it, now it's no longer just telling you what you have to say, what you have to think, what you have to hang in your store, your home, or what have you. Now it's the people who disagree with it. We're going we're gonna, to you know, do all these bad things to them. We're going to cancel them. We're going to take away their jobs. We're going to make sure they're they're financially wrecked. Mm-hmm. And that's not enough. We're going to lock them up. Well, well, maybe instead of locking them up and paying for that, let's just kill them and get them out of the way, period. And then you get into mass murder. And again, that's just the pattern all these things take. 
And again, if you see these things in our country, just, you know, we're, you know, where are we on that, on that progression? Mm-hmm. And to think again, you can't, it can't happen here um, it is, it, you're, it's wishful thinking mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's naive at best and it's ignorance. And I think that's, again, the purpose of why we're doing this is to teach people. The communist system has two tools and only two tools. The first one is violence in all its forms. And the second one is total information control. Mm-hmm. And you can figure out, you know, where we're, you know, where we lie in those two categories and you see some of the things that I've seen in the past or read about through history or experience living in that part of the world, and it's frightening to me. It's frightening. And that's why we, people who understand it, have to fight, have to push. You know, I, one thing I, I, I don't admire their tactics, but, you know, the left, the people who advocate this are incredibly passionate and they're organized. I mm-hmm. wish we were as passionate yes, about absolutely. what we and organized as they are. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get involved. And it's mm-hmm. people stand your ground. That's, that's my message to everybody is. If it sounds silly, then call it silly. You don't have to parrot the lie that you're hearing in these in these settings. You know, be brave and courageous. Mm-hmm. These guys faced weapons, and, and yet a lot of these guys resisted and they stood up. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who helped bring that system down in Europe. Yes. And that's what we have to do here. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that you encourage people to just say, if something seems silly, call it silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I say that because I think... Um, it's very intimidating, um, particularly when you're you maybe maybe they're speaking with someone who is. I mean, I know over the past few years, um, I you know, I am not an epidemiologist, mm-hmm. so it certainly felt hard to figure out, sort through the variety of different information and weigh it and figure out what sounds right, what sounds not correct, uh, and what I mean is, and that's a small example, but you you have to in in the end go wait a minute. You know, let's take masks. There's, there have been no studies showing that masks are effective. And I remember asking um, a surgeon that I am, uh, you know, acquainted with, and I said, tell me, you wear masks in the OR, and, and I really want to know, am I, I'm willing to change my mind, but, you know, are these useful? Is that why you wear them in the OR? I, I want to know. And he said, no, they're, they're on so that, you know, if the body cavity spurts something up unexpectedly, it doesn't go into my nose or mouth or, mm-hmm. you know, as my nose drips, it doesn't fall into a, you know, sterilized cavity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that for those, you know, for someone who is not um, a Harvard educated attorney or an epidemiologist, it can feel very intimidating. You feel like you need to meet these arguments and match them fact for fact. Mm-hmm. And to be frank, you know, I am in the camp of I spend a lot of time reading and, and educating myself, but I have four young kids. I have a job. And I love just that you are encouraging people. If it sound, if they're asking you to do something silly, mm-hmm. just call it silly. You don't have to use your common sense. You don't have to out intellectualize mm-hmm. someone. You can, but you can still stand up and say, you know, mm-hmm. because that's not right or I just am, I don't agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I think that, that's, a, that's a good point. And what I would. What I always tell my students when I was teaching the intelligence that um, we were in a program where we tried to help young people in the university level that aspire to a career in the intelligence community is that the, the greatest source of all our intelligence failures have been what we call uh, the paradox of expertise. Mm. And it's the experts got it wrong mm. because they have looked at something. I mean, even taking away nefarious intent. The experts have looked at something so long, they, they, they're, they just don't want to hear anything new because they're set in their mind mm-hmm. of how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's being generous. There's some people who just do it because there's a political 
or or profit motive behind it. Mm-hmm. But I, I I challenge you. You challenge the experts. Um, there is no if if they can't. I always always have if it's a technical issue. I'll go explain it to me. And if they can't explain it to me, if you can't explain it simply enough, you simply don't understand it well enough yourself. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I really I, why am I listening to you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's always worked pretty well for me, and you know both sides of my career in the in the in the military and uh, in the consulting world. But one thing I want to want to tell people too is, it's and it's a great quote by Hannah Arendt that I kind of mentioned earlier. I think in the previous you know broadcast that we did together, and it talks about people who are conditioned to to believe what they hear. And it, this is what she said: uh, the ideal subject of totalitarian rule isn't the convinced Nazi or communist. But the people for whom the distinction between fact and fiction and the distinction between true and false no longer exist. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about where we are again on that that comment is that we, you know, we're being told much like that grocer did in, in Hopple's uh, short story that, you know, that poster is, is correct when it was really a lie. Mm-hmm. And the things that we're seeing now is being told to believe because somebody you know, in a position of authority or an expert says, believe it, you know, trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, I say, don't yeah. I say, if you can't you're relying on your expertise and you can't prove it to me, then I, I don't trust you. Right. And I'm going to be, and I'm going to stand and fight, fight my corner. And that's what I just encourage people to do. If it sounds dumb or doesn't sound logical, then, then it, it probably is. Yeah. And or unless, Listen like you said, Abigail, I think it was you convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. Tell me, show me how I, I can believe what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Ken, these are such great points, but we only have a couple minutes left. And I want you to have a chance to talk about the curriculum briefly. Um, the curriculum that you're putting out, who is it meant for? Is it K-12? Is it high college? Um, what age group are you targeting? And, and tell us just a little bit more information about that in the last couple of minutes. Okay, so the curriculum. So the curriculum that we're designing, the online version, is designed for upper middle school through high school. <clears throat> and with our target audience being that, that kind of sweet spot in the middle of the 10th grader. Okay. Um, it, it is it's online. Uh, it incorporates uh, a lot of things. Each chapter is designed along the, the following principle. We tell a quick short story up front to try to capture the student's attention. Mm-hmm. And then we have an essay about the topic, you know, be it Marx or Lenin or, or, or Stalin or somebody along those lines or a country or an event. And then we have uh, exercises that we created for the teacher to use in class, um, suggested video links that tell the story that we've either created ourselves or we found that are that pass muster with our experts. Mm-hmm. Each one of those, uh, of those essays that we're talking about peer reviewed by a a professor or somebody who's written on that topic for a number of years. Mm-hmm. So we have a total of 10 sections in the curriculum, 33 chapters. It covers everything from the very beginning. Uh, we start off with a communism one-on-one. So what is it? Kind of like what we talked about today and then talked about some of the key figures and, and events that took place. Then we, we jump into the tools of communism and then communism and religion. That's our first section, kind of the intro. Then we get into the theorists um, in, in chapters two and three. We get into Stalin Chapter four, we start the beginning of World War II, where Stalin and Hitler come together for the pact, Molotov Ribbentrop mm-hmm. Pact. Mm-hmm. And then we take section four, takes you all the way through the end of the Cold War in Europe. Mm. And in section five, we start how it, communism progressed into Asia, Latin America, Africa. And then six, we talk about the end of the Cold War. And then chapter seven, we talk about remaining captive nations, those five nations that we talked about. 
We look in Section 8 at those nations that are at risk of falling to communism today. Think Venezuela, Nicaragua, other places. We talk about the legacy of what's going on in Ukraine today based on Russia and, and the Soviet Union, that whole experience there. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is each one of the chapters, but we have a separate chapter for it, but each one of the chapters is going to have a section on literature and film. What we recommend students, teachers read, you know, it could be the classics, it could be a biography, it could be a feature film on it. Yep. Uh, we talk about Thank you for that time. Yep, yep. this is, and we are running out of time This here, sounds like an absolutely amazing excellent. curriculum, mm-hmm. and we are so excited. Mm-hmm. Everyone, go to thevictimsofcommunism.org to check out all of the work that they are doing there. Mr. Ken Pope, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And join us next week again at AM 1280 The Patriot, or listen to this podcast at savetheclassroom.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.